This podcast is produced by Unedited. Hello, Dreamers, and welcome to episode 127 of the Dreamers Disease podcast with me, Alex Manzi. And basically, after going through my own battles with depression and anxiety, I wanted to create a platform for you to join me on this journey of becoming richer in mind, body, and soul. And whether that is a discussion about everyday struggles, hearing the story of an inspirational guest, or even hearing some of my own personal experiences, we aim to inspire you to start making a positive change in your life. And this is an episode from my live show back in November with my friends Adam and David from the Create Rebels podcast. And to be honest, I've held on to this episode because I just thought, you know what, this is the perfect way to kickstart your 2020 as this chat is full of gems, it's full of inspiration and just all around good vibes to help motivate you to make 2020 the best it can possibly be. So during this conversation, we spoke about why success shouldn't be defined by finances, how to deal with a low in life, learning to say no, why you have the power to design your own life. And also we talk about what has inspired us recently, which is amazing. So before we jump in, I just want to thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Do make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you are listening right now. And I just want to big up Fiverr and General Assembly for putting on this live event with me. It wouldn't have happened without them. So big, big shout out to those guys. But right now, let's jump straight in and hear this conversation with the Creative Rebels. Thanks, guys. Round of applause for showing up. Just, yeah, boost your egos early doors. Um, <laughs> so Destroy it from now on. Yeah, exactly. Do you guys want to kind of give a brief introduction in terms of what you do? Because you obviously you don't just do the podcast, but talk about what you do behind the podcast work-wise and then how the podcast came about and then we'll kind of flow from there. I know we have some listeners here already from our podcast, Creative Rebels, so you guys know this story anyway, but um, we have a graffiti company, which we started in 2010. Um, so yeah, we, we started our first business, uh, which is called Graffiti Life in 2010. We basically paint on walls for a living, which is the most ridiculous career on the planet, and we're well aware of that. Um, but because it's 2019, it's possible to have a ridiculous career, and so we want more people to have more ridiculous careers, to believe in themselves a little bit more and the podcast just as Alex said about dreamers disease creative rebels was born because we couldn't find much out there like it there's a few American podcasts for creatives I don't like them they're bad um, but um, but yeah so we wanted to make something that was um, like initially when we started we were a little bit worried weren't we that we weren't like way welcome to our podcast we are creative yeah we've seen and so much like online of like these americans who are absolutely super hyped all the time zany and yeah we're definitely not zany and um, <laughs> we are definitely not zany <laughs> Um, yeah, just wanted something that was a bit more relatable, I think, for, for people like us. Like when we started our business like nine years ago, there was nothing like this out there. And we want to be what we wanted to listen to nine years ago to help us on our journey. And I think our full aim is to make people feel happy and fulfilled in their jobs. So, yeah, we try and help people achieve that. Yeah, so as our company grew, um, we've been going for nine years now. We've also opened uh, an out-of-home advertising agency. Um, we have a tattoo studio. Um, so we have kind of multiple businesses, a team of 12 that work with us at our studio in Shoreditch, just up the road. Um, and we have fun every day, which is great. And so um, it's hard work, and it was hard work getting here, but um, I think that nothing, like all the goodness comes after the hard work. So that's, that's kind of part of the podcast was to just sort of encourage people like, yeah, it's not going to be easy, but it's really going to be worth it. Yeah. So, so on that note then, what, 
about you know the creative journey specifically why was that something that you felt you wanted to kind of inspire people to do is to kind of look into the more creative stuff that they can do outside of their work why was that important i think like for me creativity isn't just being able to draw being able to paint it's like it's anything like to me creativity is problem solving and it's something i really enjoy doing and i think i just i've never had a proper job quote unquote and because when I left uni, we ended up starting this and it's just been my life and I fucking love it. I'm super happy when I go to, like, go to work. I go to bed in the evening excited to wake up the next day, which I think a lot of people who aren't in, happy in their jobs go to bed at night dreading waking up the next day, thinking I have to go somewhere to work for X amount of hours for someone that I don't like doing something that I don't enjoy. Yeah, part of it for me was to rebel against this whole kind of myth that's just been perpetuated around artists that it's not okay to do art for a job. Um, and that I think the school system is very rigid and prepares us to be cogs in a wheel and to be part of the system. And I mean, we're, we're living proof that you don't have to do that. Um, I mean, you, yourself, Alex, you're, you're, you're not doing a proper job. You're podcasting, you're creating content, you're doing lots of stuff that's, that's not your standard career path. The path that our parents followed that perhaps through uh, worry for their kids are saying, don't do that, that sounds risky, do the safe option, which is like, a regular job a nine to five and um, I think when it came to so many creative people that we know that are incredible artists but they don't have the the confidence because culture society parents experiences everything has battered them down to feel like creativity is is a hobby or or something that's not valued um, and so they don't feel that they could do that as a more permanent basis. So that was part of it for us. Yeah, and I think, you know, like you touched on there, like what I do. So outside of the podcast, I work uh, freelance social media, which was the job that I was doing whilst I started the podcast um, and then left to go freelance to focus on the podcast and other things. And other stuff has come off the back of that. And basically, like I, similar to what David was just saying, I went on that journey of doing jobs and, and, and doing things and working in advertising to then social media to do all these jobs to kind of please other people other than myself. And although they kind of seemed really ha like good jobs and they were and, you know, fairly well paid and what have you. And it was like amazing. Like I was always enjoying the stuff I was doing outside of work. So I, w I started off having a music blog with, with two of my best mates in school. And we built this music blog up and we got to this point where we started doing events. And we were putting on like events bi-monthly like in and around Shoreditch, East London area, which were getting really popular. And our blog was getting really popular. And I, I just found myself in this space of like focusing more on that than I actually cared about my actual job, which was paying me. And then I kind of, you know, fast forward a few years, found myself in a social media job at the BBC and although I love the job and you know it's always gonna be a massive part of my life because I was there nearly five years like I got to a point where I was just like I don't know if this is what I want to be doing and that's where just through being someone who's always had like a hobby outside of work I've kind of always got to a point where like I just find something to do and keep my hands busy and the podcast was the thing because like I said I was into podcasts so it kind of naturally um jumped out but like one of the things that I've always struggled with and even this week to be honest I, I wrote and recorded a short episode of the podcast on motivation because I find that when you start a project it's like yeah this is amazing like let's go like six months a year you're like flying you're on a high you're loving life like your your motivation is like 150 percent it's like ridiculous but then you get to a point where you just go and you're like oh and, and your motivation starts going more like, you know, up and down like a roller coaster. So like for you guys, 
how do you guys stay motivated not just with work work and and the businesses that you run but also now the podcast also i think what you described there is a book by seth godin called the dip and it describes that perfectly whenever you start something you get really excited about it you go into it it's really great and then that kind of excitement drops and then you realize that you've got this mass expanse now of a horizontal line before you start before things get good and that takes a really long time and it's that grit and determination of pushing through that to get to the final goal that is what makes it worth it and i think what motivates me is knowing that if i keep working even in the times when it's hard i know that it's going to achieve that in the long term so even though at the moment i might feel really shit and i hate it it's like well what's the long-term goal and it's like if we just look at some of the messages that we get on Instagram from listeners or emails and people just say like thank you so much like you've made a difference to my life so if ever I feel a bit down it's just like I just have to open Instagram and be like fuck I'm helping a lot of people here and if I stop doing this now that will stop Mm. so for me that's what what drives me I think we're very lucky as well in that we have a team around us. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you do a lot of stuff on your own. Um, and I know, like, especially for like, freelancers and for a lot of people that are um, doing work on their own, it's so hard and it's so lonely. Uh, again, that's another reason for our podcast is we get a lot of people saying, I listen to you when I'm on, in the studio so I don't feel like I'm working on my own, uh, which I love. Um, what, what was it you were calling it? Creative companion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which I which I really love. Um, but so um, our business partner Yona's sat in the back of the room there, hoping no one looks at her. There she is. Um, but but yeah, so it's it's me, Yona, and Adam in in all of our businesses, and we are kind of a support system to each other. So one thing that we do say to people is is surround yourself with a support system. And I know, I mean, Alex, you and me sat on the roof of our <laughs> studio before, and we've had heart to hearts. Um, find the people that you can that you can ask for advice because um, like freelancing doing creative work it's really hard it's really hard and it's really lonely and sometimes like if my confidence is completely shot and I'm like we're going in the wrong direction this is not ever going to work no one's ever going to buy into this whatever it is that we're doing I then just go and talk to my two business partners who then lift me up and go no you're an idiot of course this is the right thing we all knew this was the right thing when we sat down and planned it out and so because we've got that support system that that's what makes it easier so i would say to anyone who doesn't have that support system develop it that can be listening to a podcast it can be dming the podcast um it can be going on facebook um being in a group like you don't it doesn't have to be your your existing circle you can find new contacts anywhere that will lift you up i think that's the important thing to realize as well as like instagram is fucking great for meeting new people i've made so many friends through it and who've completely changed my life because I've just messaged them and be like, let's do this thing together. And like, if you're doing something and you feel lonely doing it, there's a good chance there's someone else out there who feels exactly the same. So if you just send a few messages out to people, that's not helping. Also very colour coordinated, which I'm enjoying. <laughs> Always. Um, yeah, so if you're doing something, there's a good chance that someone else is out there is feeling exactly the same as you. So just drop a few people a message and be like, fancy going for a coffee, fancy going for a drink, fancy hanging out. I see we do a similar kind of thing. It'd be great to have a bit of a network around us. If they don't get back to you, like, fine. Like, not everyone's going to say yes to everything. Some people might already have that support network and not need it, or they might just not want that in their lives. But don't think that they're being horrible because they say no or ignore you. There's a good chance they won't even see it if it's on an Instagram message. But um, if you keep asking, 
asking, you will find people and you'll develop amazing friendships from that. Yeah, I think, I think on that is very important because uh, Anton, who's here helping, we've literally this week just started kind of meeting up to work. So like, I, I drive down to Anton's and we sit in his flat and he's got his own work to be getting on with. I get on with my stuff and the two, three days that we've done it, I've been like super productive. Whereas when I'm at home by myself, it's like, the dog's there and it's like you get distracted by the dog or like <laughs> you know or like um the biscuit tins there you get distracted by the biscuit tin so it's like you know there's always a distraction or you just oh, just put the tv on in the background and then you find yourself watching friends whilst you're sat at your laptop on the other side of the room pretending not to watch it so i think that that loneliness isn't just like a motivation thing i think it's also like a distraction piece as well because you, it's always easy to distract yourself when you're alone versus if you've got the company and there's someone you can throw ideas around with and bounce stuff off like what me and Anton have been doing and Mick who's here we've done before as well it's like it just works so much better and even Anton was like yeah like it's really helpful having you like we, we talked over yeah. some stuff together we kind of went through some ideas and we kind of given each other tips and advice so yeah because I think a lot of people when they get started they'll look at things like WeWork and other co-working spaces and think I have to get into one of those but they can be quite expensive and especially when you're first getting started and you haven't got the money to invest in that kind of thing if you can just find other people around you who can do who do that as well and just yeah just take turns each day in different people's houses or just meet up in a coffee shop once a week or something like it's easy enough to get you like you live in the space so it keeps you accountable as well um and i think if i was accountable for myself i'd do nothing ever i mean i'd be accountable for the biscuit tin and that would be it (laughs) Um, but like but but we we like i can't I can't fuck up because I've got people yeah. relying on me. So by, by you hanging out with Anton, that's, that's your accountability partner. Make promises to each other and make sure you keep to them. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, on that as well, like we have 12 staff and more, the most important thing to me is make sure that they're paid every month. Yeah. So if I stop working, then all these people are out of jobs and it fucks up loads of people's lives. So you have to work all the yeah. time because people are dependent on yeah. that. Well, what about then like the... the the dynamic between you guys and, and Yona as well because you're friends as well as business partners so like where where does that cross I over mean, friends as a I mean well, yeah. when I you, tolerate him yeah. <laughs> you put up with him sometimes most days um, don't look at me like that you sicken me <laughs> but where you know you've got that relationship but you need that good relationship in order to work well together but then where does it where does the work relationship end and the friendship begin again or not again but you know what I mean like where's the crossover point it's a weird one because I say we're not like friend friends as in we don't go down the pub together on the weekend. What? You're ruining my dreams here, man. <laughs> what? But um, I think it's just we're both really passionate about the same kind of things and we're all driving towards the same purpose. It's like me, David and Yona, like we're all aiming for this big thing that's like that's our goal. So that's what unites us. It's like being if you're on a sports team, you're all aiming to win that game. And it's basically, we've got this team around us who work together and you have to get on with that team. All of the best teams have got amazing dynamics, like personally. And I think that's just what we've managed to develop. We've got a bunch of people around us who are just, we really, like each person's skills is what someone else is lacking in. So everyone kind of benefits from it. And I think if you're growing a team, find people who aren't exactly the same as you. Find people who have different kind of skill sets because that's only going to drive, drive it better going forward. Yeah, I'm working this all out in my head right now. But like, I mean, I I see you more of a brother, I would say. Yeah, than, definitely. Than, yeah, because I mean, we've spent the past nine years together pretty much every day. Yeah, um, and, which is weird. And Yonna is my lovely lady wife. And so um, it's, it's, we're so lucky that, because they always say like, don't go into business with your friends. Um, 
I know lots of people who've gone into business with friends and, and it's working out brilliantly. Um, I was on a panel at the weekend um, with a company called Kettle Boobs, um, which is kettlebells that are painted to look like boobs. Um, and, and they're amazing, like body positivity, inclusivity, diversity, they're just, like, they're just so on it. Um, they're doing great stuff in, like, in, in the wellness and health space. Um, two best friends. Um, there's another, um, uh, what are they called, Brushes and, brushes and Bubbles, yeah. is another little company that we've discovered recently. Uh, they do like painting workshops two best friends um i think it can go really wrong yeah. obviously but um yeah we've just we've just found found the lucky balance and after nine years there's no real there's no real surprises that come up um we we know each other pretty well and it, yeah it, it's just worked out i think as long as you are as long as you all do share the same vision it's and i think it's the same with the relationship as soon as as soon as you your partner is wanting something different from what you're doing that's when a relationship starts to break down and also if there's no communication about what your wants are um so if tomorrow adam comes to me in yonder and says uh, i want to go and live in bali for the next two years then we need well, to funny you should say that <laughs> can i come <laughs> then, but then that's a discussion between us and we work it out together and we we say okay so currently at this point in your life we're not on the same page so that's okay mm. and let's work it out when we are all on the same page but pretty much most of the time we're we're all on the same page yeah that's sick because i think like you know since meeting you guys um so we met i met david first because david came to a uh, fun enough a live podcast that i did <laughs> Uh, my first one and you stopped me at the end and were asking for advice about the podcast and that's kind of how we stayed in contact before you guys launched and I met Adam through that and you know I kind of look to you guys as kind of obviously friends as, as we are but also inspiration as well because I'm seeing you on your journey having met you well into your graffiti life journey and your business journey but at the beginning of like a new creative endeavor and like building that and then the relationship that you work with and kind of I see that as like a really good thing because again it comes down to that, that point of loneliness I guess of like I would do a lot of work by myself and I, I kind of see like oh it'd be nice actually to have someone you could bounce bounce those things off or you know do all of this kind of stuff and, and particularly with you guys like keeping busy and I know you've been on tour this week and is it next week as well you're doing a uni I mean, tour just on that note I think there's there's been set this sort of ideal of of like you're successful if you've got a team mm. uh, and I don't think that's true it's something that we wanted to do because when we first started the company we wanted to provide as many opportunities for artists and creatives as we could so that meant giving them jobs mm. um, but I think this whole thing of like oh you've got to have premise like premises for a start you can run a successful business from your bedroom, from a WeWork, from yeah. wherever. Um, so I think we need to get away from the, the su successes having a team. Um, but where it can benefit you is that loneliness. Mm, yeah. um, and I mean, you don't have to have 12 people working for you. Maybe you have two. Yeah. And that could be like super successful. Yeah, and no, also I think like um, success doesn't necessarily or shouldn't necessarily be defined by financial as well. Because like, it you should know, ne never be. Yeah, no, no, but I mean like, no, but when we're talking about success in terms of like businesses and work, you know, working and running a business from your bedroom, the financial element comes in naturally. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, I've been doing this two and a half years and I've made more money in six weeks selling old clothes on Depop than I ever have from the podcast. But I would still deem the podcast as a success because of the experiences and the opportunities it's kind of brought me through life. So like, you know, for, especially for you guys here who are like doing creative things, it's like, don't necessarily put the success and the financial thing together like the success comes from your inner peace and your inner happiness and then kind of what you're gaining from that and like my whole life has changed in two and a half years from starting this podcast like you wouldn't believe 
like leave and work and then like next year I've got an opportunity to do like loads of traveling whilst working which I just is mad to me because I would never have like even thought about that whilst podcasting at the same time so it's like even if I don't make money from that it's still a success because I'm bringing new experiences and opportunities and meeting new people and doing new things along that journey and I think you know that's where you guys are inspiring people you know through the podcast is like although you've made money off the off the podcast and off the businesses like you're still saying to people like like, just go out there and do stuff if it makes you happy do it and that's like a massive key point for 100 look we we interviewed someone for the podcast the episode's not out yet it'll probably be coming out in january but we interviewed someone for the podcast the other day who sold his business for eight million pounds um he decided for like when he was about 21 he was working in hsbc and he saw a guy who'd been there for 30 years flipping through a catalogue and after 30 years service you get to go through the catalogue and pick what you want as your free gift and he chose a lawnmower and and my our guy mike he was he was 21 at that stage he saw he saw this 30, the guy who'd been there for 30 years and he was just like Mm-mm, can't do that. Thirty um, years for a lawnmower. For a lawnmower. I hope it's a good lawnmower. But, I mean, it was sit on. A lot of people that live their lives like that. And so, um, but Mike decided that he, like, his happiness was going to be wrapped up in money. And so he he went, well, okay, how do I get rich? Well, I have to learn how to get rich. This is a working class guy from Warrington up north, like like no higher education, just just hungry. Um, so the way that he did that is for, for six years, he worked for a bunch of different startups and he watched what worked, what didn't work. And he then designed a business that he was going to sell in three years for $11 million. Mm. In three years, he sold it for $11 million. And he said, and so his cut from that was two million pounds. As soon as that two million pounds hit his bank account, bank account, he had a little barbecue with his friends, yeah. didn't he? And then he said, and then he was just miserable. <laughs> and he said this goal that he'd been working for, and it sounds very easy, like, yeah, sure, mate. He got two million quid. <laughs> yeah. but, he didn't um, have the lawnmower though, did he? So. <laughs> but I mean, he could buy as many lawnmowers as he wanted, but it still didn't bring him <laughs> happiness and joy. There was no fulfillment. And it's so interesting. Like you have to go on that journey, obviously, to, to get to that stage. But he was just like, I had no goals anymore. I'd, I'd my goal and then then what and then all of a sudden his friends were being weird with him and I mean I'm doing the whole podcast now you can listen to the episode but, but essentially like people who were his best friends were they'd be going for a walk and he'd and one of them would say like oh my boiler's broken it's going to be bloody 300 quid and then there's this awkward moment of like are you asking me to pay for that or should I offer to pay for that and just the weird dynamics where how when you become a millionaire everyone sees you completely mm. differently and it really affected his mental health and he wasn't ready for it um, and his happiness was tied up he thought in money and so it's just it's just self-awareness i, I mean we've had long talks about it's pretty easy to get very wealthy if you're prepared to put the work in. Like you learn about stocks and shares, you learn about investing in property, you can invest in property with no money and then you do that and you flip and then you just keep going. I can't be asked, man. I don't want to learn all that. I can't, yeah. I d- like, it doesn't set me on fire. It doesn't get me out of bed. I want to paint on walls. I want to do fun stuff. So I'd, I'd, I don't want that, that two million. Yeah. I want the happiness. Yeah. And I think, Sorry. No, no, it's, no, it's a great point because Literally, I was talking to Anton on the way here and I was saying, um, I'm so unmoney motivated and I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. I think it's a good thing because I do stuff because I love it. But, and then what I find is, because I'm not really thinking about money or, or, or worrying about it, even though I probably should be at times, um, 
money just kind of comes and it's like you know like i said i work freelance as well so i've started doing some work with spotify social media stuff and that's paying a, a heck of a lot of money for three days a week and it's like i would never have thought that was even possible but because i wasn't even really thinking about it and i wasn't stressing myself out like i don't need to go and make loads of money and do this and that it's just like it's just come because I've, I've just concentrated on the things that I love, which is making the podcast, making my own social media content. Obviously, I used to do it professionally and people see that and then it's like, then they contact you and then it's like, oh, we've got this opportunity. Do you want to come work with us and do this thing? And yeah. all of a sudden you're like, oh yeah, cool. That sounds great. And it's like, it just, it kind of falls into place. I find when you kind of don't worry about it as much as, like you said, sitting down, working out the stocks and the shares, doing this and, you know, figuring out how to do currency yeah. ex- uh, um trading and all this sort of stuff and it's just like i'm the same as you i'm like man i i can't be bothered with that yeah and those people aren't happy yeah exactly <laughs> so i'd rather sit here for an hour and a half an hour chatting to you guys meeting these people not getting paid for it and i'll have a much better time than sat on my laptop crunching numbers making 10 grand in 10 minutes or whatever they do i don't know i mean, no I mean that being said like we've got audacious goals for like don't go don't get me wrong like we're going to be fucking wealthy yeah but um <laughs> like, <laughs> But, um, but not at the expense of our happiness yeah, ever. Exactly. Um, because of our happiness, because of what we enjoy doing, that's going to bring us all the cash. Yeah, yeah. it's like if you do, I think if you, if you do something that makes you happy consistently, get really good at doing that. Well, I'm really loud now. Um, get really good at doing that. Then yeah, the money just comes. It's like if you're talented and you keep putting out there and you learn how to sell and market yourself, money comes. Mm. It's not it's not as hard as everyone thinks it is. It's like, just get really, really good at something, keep playing out there, grow an audience, and money just finds you. Yeah. Yeah, we found three years is the magic number. So if any of you guys have been going for like two years or one and a half years, like so many guests that we've had on the show, you say to them like, when was the the moment where you kind of started to worry less and you were like, oh, I think this is gonna be okay. It's three years. And for a lot of people, that's too long and they (laughs) give up too soon. Um, And I think, I mean, you've, you've only failed when you stop. So, uh, like, you could say that, like, I don't know, Elon Musk failed when he lost all of his money and was, like, like borrowing money for rent. But, like, he didn't fail because he didn't stop. You've only, you've only failed once you stop, so just don't stop. Mm. No, it's true. It is true. And it's, like, it, it, it comes back to the thing of taking care of your happiness first. And it's, like, for me as well as the work that I do, there's an important part of, you know, and ties into the podcast as well, is like the wellness side of things and how I'm taking care of myself and my mental health and my physical health, my emotional health, so that I can then perform to the best of my abilities at work for the podcast, making content, going on other podcasts and doing other interviews and chatting to people and giving advice. And it's like, I have to be good within myself to be able to do that. And it's like for you guys, again, going back to being busy with businesses and the podcast and, you know, similar to me, it's like your work and then it's go home and podcast is like after hours kind of exercise, but kind of crossing over into both worlds. Like what are the things then that you guys do to take care of your mental health, emotional health, physical health? Like, do you have routines in place? Like I'm, you know, as you know, I'm, I'm a kind of early morning gym person. I'm up, I'm, I have a doing yoga or stretching or doing like a proper workout in, in the gym or I'm meditating in the evenings or I'm journaling or you know I've got all these kind of reading I've got all these sort of practices that I do every day and I try and fit them in every day to make sure that I do take care of those areas so that I can perform uh, do you guys have similar things that you do or are you just like yeah we just go to flow 
I don't really. There's nothing that's like that that I have is like a set thing. Like I'll wake up early in the morning and I'll kind of just work all the time. I think as soon as you love doing what you do, mm. it's like I wake up and I just want to do that all the time. So I'll wake up in the morning, um, probably like probably around like six or seven o'clock, make a coffee and then sit on my laptop, maybe edit some photos. If I've got a bit of podcast stuff to do, I'll do that. Um, but it's like I literally love what I do. Mm. So that's what I get up and do. I'll if I find the odd hour on the train somewhere when I can't actually work, I'll play Zelda on the Nintendo Switch. Um, but apart from that, like most of the time I'm just working. There's very little time that I sit and do nothing. I think like stuff like Netflix is obviously great if you want to just waste your time. But like I would rather kind of have Netflix on but then be doing something on my laptop at the same time. There's nothing, I think, I suppose what I do do is weekends are kind of mine. So... I don't really do any work at the weekends unless I've like I absolutely have to. Mm. So completely shut off and like I feel like I, my girlfriend would have left me a long time ago <laughs> if I didn't make time yeah. for her. So I think that's important for me, yeah. like having my work time and having my home time. Yeah. And that's the only reason we don't go for drinks yeah. after work <laughs> because I'd love to, but I'd probably my relationship yeah. would and be destroyed. How, how hard is that to do then in terms of like? splitting in your mind because i know it's it, it's very hard when you're working on your own projects and your own businesses and you're self-reliant in terms of like and you know, it ties it back into money but like keeping yourself going through life how hard is it or what sacrifices do you make to like okay cool friday six o'clock i'm off the clock until monday morning 6 a.m when i wake up like what how do you kind of in your mind break that up i think when we first started the business there was no there was nothing in place and it would just all run over everything all the time and it got to a stage where i was just like i can't i can't do this anymore like it's just absolutely giving me a mental breakdown uh, so just being those being rigid enough and being like look i know in myself that i've achieved a lot today i've worked hard and i'm going to stop now and if i don't stop now and work all weekend Monday I'm going to be fucked and then that next week I'm going to be awful mm. so I think the one thing I do do now I suppose is have a good bedtime so I may always make sure I get the right amount of sleep because I think that's really important having waking up the next day feeling fresh and going into stuff because when we first started I would be up working until like two in the morning mm. and then like go to bed thinking about everything wake up at like seven or eight and then crack straight on with it and you were just running at this like 100 miles an hour the whole time but then you realize that you're not running at 100 percent the whole time you're running at 70 80 percent so it's like by actually relaxing having a proper sleep then the next day you work so much better yeah i think as well before we go on to david's kind of own routines or things you've got in place but i think that um there's good value in having the self-awareness of what you're just talking about, knowing that actually I am working at 70, 80% because I'm overworking myself. I am doing this, this and this, which means I'm not getting enough sleep or it means that I'm not you know, going to the gym or I'm not hanging out enough with you know, my friends or seeing my girlfriend or you know, whatever it is. I think the self-awareness of that is like, that's up there for me and not just with work stuff I think just with anything like having that self-awareness of it so then you can act and make the move in terms of like actually if I step back and I just redo this area over here I can free up some time here and I can focus more on this thing and you know it's, it's cultivating that freedom and happiness isn't yeah. it kind of thing I've forgotten the question but what was your uh, what your yeah, daily what, what, routines David yeah I mean not necessarily routines I guess it's just like how, how what's the um what are the things you have in place that it's like, you know, when you are super busy, it's like you make sure you get it 
you get it done because you know that it, it kind of feeds you in a positive way to help you perform work-wise? Sure. Um, so I try and come off screens at 9.30. Um, so no TV, no phone. Um, and then I go to bed at 10. Um, and then when I wake up, I have a cold shower. Um, I do that. There are multiple like benefits of having a cold shower, um, but there's not. I don't really do it for health reasons. I do more. Um, I more do it because it's hard. Um, I do it because I don't want to do it. Um, and I know this sounds so bloody weird. I've I've talked about this before, and I know how weird it sounds. The reason I have a cold shower is to have credibility with myself because um, I say that I have a cold shower every single day, and so. You know it, you know it, now all of you guys know it. And so tomorrow, when I wake up, like, I'll picture all of you looking back at me, and if I don't get in the cold shower, then I've just lied to all of you. So I have a cold shower every single day, and it, it keeps me kind of accountable. It means that I do, I'm the type of person that does what they say they're going to do. Um, because I think it's really hard to, um, to actually be self-disciplined, to actually set goals and stick to them when they're, when they're not fun anymore and when they become tedious. Um, so that's, that's why I have a cold shower. Um, gym routine is very regular. I don't hardly ever miss the gym. Um, I, I try not to do, like if I do miss something, so if I have one day where I don't have a cold shower, then I will never miss two days in a row. Same with gym, um, because I think as soon as you miss that second day, then on the third day, you're like, well, well fuck it. Um, so I always try and never miss a day. Um, and I try and like make time for my family and friends. I'm working on it still nine years in. I'm still rubbish at it. They know they're fine. They're like, yeah, we know you're fucking working. Of course you are. Um, and I mean, I think if me and Yona weren't business partners, then we'd probably both be single because um, no one would want to date me because because <laughs> I, I have no I would have no time for them. Yeah. Um, but again, it comes back to the goals. Me and Yona are both working towards the same thing. So when you work in the same job and the same businesses, then your goals are so aligned because they're the same goals because they're for the same things. Yeah. Um, so and I try, I try and see my niece and nephew as much as possible because um, they bring me joy. But yeah, and. I'm like, I'm really fucking happy. Do you know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything. Like, mm. I, I love my life. I'm like, I get to paint and I get to do cool shit and I get to interview interesting people. It's the best, man. Yeah. And, and I suppose we've, we've engineered it. Yeah. Um, and, and Ad was talking about the, those, those nights where it was like going to bed at two, then getting back up at six and getting on the train and then going painting with our suitcases <laughs> full of spray paint. And you have to do that in the beginning. Mm. And we wouldn't be sat here now if we hadn't had those 2 a.m. nights. And there are still, those are still scattered in because sometimes you have a product, pro, uh, project and it goes long and, and you're there and it's after hours and, you're, and all the lights around, you're painting under spotlights and it's just, these things do happen. Yeah. And so, I mean, the amount of clients that email and say it's urgent. <laughs> I mean, urgent is, a, is the most overused language, uh, word in, right. the, in the English language. It's, yeah, I know um, Napoleon, a bit of history for you. Um, he, his, he used to tell his assistant, don't give me a letter and for three weeks. So it's coming, he was like, that's to stay with you for three weeks. And then whenever he'd open anything, everything would have sorted itself out by the time that yeah. he actually looked at it. I wish it was like that with email. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, a, that's a good tip. I do that with, with email. I like, if, 
if I can't be bothered to respond to something that's and it's like go back to us uh, yeah if it's <laughs> urgent it's like mm, we'll see how urgent it is if you chase me then it's urgent if you don't then it's like it's really not that urgent um, I used to do that at, at work which is probably why I used to annoy everyone but whatever um, so what I wanted to ask actually was we're talking a lot here about yeah we're doing all these great things and we're super happy and we live these amazing lives and blah 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 um, but so when was the last time you felt the lull because David mentioned earlier we had like a really uh, uh, a heart to heart on the roof of their office May June time I think it was and I'd basically I'd been working freelance six months the podcast was going great had an opportunity to go to Japan uh, went travelling around Japan for a month yeah I know woe is me yeah get the violin out um, had two but, million deposited in your bank account <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> and my new lawnmower and um, but I, I came back and it's like I just, I just felt different. I felt like I'd, I'd seen or felt something that I wasn't sure what it was. And I wasn't, it wasn't like a tangible thing either. It was more of like a personal thing. And I was kind of almost chasing it again. And I didn't know what it was. And I was chasing this thing and it was just sending me on this like downward spiral, which I hadn't felt for many, many years. And it kind of put me in this place of, worry and fear and like being like oh I don't really know what's happening like I don't know which direction my life is going like do I want to be doing the social media stuff do I want to like just pack in the podcast and go and like, I think I mentioned to you like go and learn how to be a barber and go to like a different country and travel around cutting people's hair and just like all these new fresh ideas were coming to me and it 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 was that place like I said it was a, a real lull that it's something I often talk about in terms of like my past experience but this was new it was a new lull that I hadn't felt and it was a new place of like, I don't know, darkness sounds a bit deep, but it kind of is like a bit of a darkness and you kind of can't see your way out of it. You can't navigate your way out of it. And for me, I just had to, I knew I had to ride it out, but it's hard to <laughs> because you're in it and it's like, it's like that thing of being stuck in quicksand. You just want to try and get out, but actually you just need to stay really still and just let it, you kind of eventually come out of it. And it's, it's that kind of thing. And the point I'm trying to, trying to get across here is that I've recently felt that lull and I had to deal with it in my own specific way and I had to, again, it comes to the self-awareness and, and recognising it and kind of riding it out and getting to a point where I could just let it simmer and everything kind of started to, the picture started to build up again and started to make a bit more sense. Um, so have you guys experienced anything, maybe not as deep as that, but like a, a lull in terms of the workload or the happiness just doesn't there's like a thing we kind of touched on it earlier a bit with motivation but it's yeah. not necessarily motivation it's there's just that slight little dip in form and you kind of just start to think like is this all worth it i think for me that happens when i take on too much mm. um because my schedule is basically from when i wake up and when i go to bed and as soon as extra things come into that because i i generally say yes to too many things um and you're like, yeah, I can do that. And then you suddenly owe loads of different people, loads of different things. And it's just that mad stress of having to deal with 400 things. Um, so I think I don't generally get like mentally down. It's more just burnout from accepting too much and having too much work and the stress and anxiety of having like loads of people needing you for something and you're, you haven't got the time to fulfill that. Um, but yeah, I think that's my yeah. main... Not really. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry. 
no, fine. I knew that was coming because we've had that conversation before. <laughs> but but then, so Adam, then how did you deal with it? How do you deal with those moments? Because I feel like that's a, a very important part of, and it kind of ties into everything we've spoken about, like loneliness, motivation, yeah. the dip. Like it, how do you then- It ties back into what we were talking about earlier about having a bunch of people around you. Because when this has happened within our business and I've had like just stressy breakdowns, it's been David and Yona who I've come to that have helped me. And it's by, I'd basically like live internally for a while and then they would sense that something was wrong um, and say like, like, what's up? And then I would just probably like burst into tears and just mm. explain everything that's happening. Um, but it's over the time I've learned that I should just talk to people and that's what I do now. So like I think the last time I had a bit of a stress, I just said to David, I was like, can we go for a chat? Because I know that that's going to sort it out rather than just sat there dwelling on it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think the talking about it thing, you know, go, again goes to support network there's so many times where me and Anton have finished the recording and we're, we're either in the car or we're walking back to the station or whatever and I've just unloaded a load of stuff on him like oh this is going on in a minute and I'm feeling this and this thing's happening and it's just like just having that reassurance with someone yeah. definitely helps I, th I think back to your quicksand analogy it's like yes if you move around you're going to sink but if you stand still you're still not free you need someone to come and pull you out yeah. of it which will set you yeah for sure yeah I suppose knowing what I do about your story as well is that you recognise the darkness because um, of before like going way back when you were working your kind of uh, working in a box factory <laughs> yeah. and you felt like you were completely in a box and that was when you were at your lowest so now when you are feeling the darkness again you can kind of sense it and I suppose it's the same with me um, I mean it's like I've had a lot of shit happen in my life, like not fun shit. Um, so I don't want to give across the impression that like I'm always happy or whatever. Um, but I suppose I am good at, at recognizing the darkness. Um, and I think something that I learned recently has been actually really helpful in my own head in um, that when someone that has depression um, has um, amnesia, um, they, all of the symptoms of depression disappear from their body. Um, and so that would then suggest that depression comes from your head and the thoughts that you're thinking. So you know when you like wake up in the morning and you're like, oh, fine. And then you think about that thing and then like, oh, fuck. And then all of a sudden it's darkness again. Mm. Um, and I, I think that really, that really kind of spoke to me of like, okay, this is, that's what's going on in my head. So I'm, I'm in control of that radio station. So, um, and it's not just like turning the volume up massive so that it drowns out the sadness, you yeah. know? It's like sometimes I will have a day where I'm just like, I'm not as chipper and I'm not as happy. And, um, and I mean, certainly like when we first started the business, I was like a real negative Nelly. And I would like, like poo poo loads of stuff. Um, and like, I really worked on becoming more positive. And like one of my, one of my affirmations is like, I say positive things. Because um, that's something that I really had to work on to, 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 to see the positive in things. Because um, especially there's, there's a couple of people that work in our studio that are just so positive. And you, and you go like, if a job's gone wrong or like, or we've lost a client or something happens and, and like, they're just, they're like, oh, well, and they see the bright side of it and you're just mm. like, wow, you're incredible. Um, and I, I want that. So yeah. so yeah, it's just about kind of cultivating that yeah. within yourself. And I think on that point, I think like you said, you can kind of create it for yourself because like a lot of my friends, <laughs> they call me like Mr. Positive. Even if we're talking like football chat, they'll be like, oh, here he is, Mr. Positive again. And it's like a, it's like a you know, an ongoing, I support Arsenal. So anyone who knows football is, <laughs> Arsenal aren't doing that great at the minute. So everything's shit. But I'm always like, yeah, but you know, there's this and this could happen. And they're always like, oh, Mr. Positive again. Um, so, and, and I think it's really funny for me because I used to be Mr. Negative. 
because everything was like, oh, this is, you know, I can't be bothered to do that or like, I don't care. And that's or, a really addictive place to yeah. be. Some people love that place and they yeah, want to yeah. stay there. And there's the, the whole saying of misery loves company. They, they're there and they're like, they don't want to drag you into yeah, exactly. it as well. Like, come and enjoy this horrible little yeah. depression. <laughs> but I think the, the point you made is like looking for things to, to, to see as a positive or to be grateful for like the, the people in your office. It's like, okay, this job might have gone to shit, but they'll be like, yeah, but then there's this thing. And it's like, you can always flip it into something. And I think that's something that really helped me in terms of like freeing up myself to then allow other things to open up to me, you know? And it's like, I was, I've been reading a book about, um, it's not, but it was a chapter within my book about self-discipline. It was saying, it's cool to have self-discipline, but the more you kind of apply the discipline to your life, the more you're actually shutting yourself off to opportunities and to other things because you're kind of just almost like forcing yourself down this like lane instead of like, oh, I might just like check out this bit over here and like this thing might come in and this opportunity might come. Like if I stayed in the social media job, even though I was relatively happy, for example, and I wanted to create a kind of social media agency, I would only be looking at things in that realm. Whereas now I'm thinking about travel and podcasts and connecting with people and like writing books and like stuff that I would never would have imagined because I took that self-discipline of work and life out of my life and kind of freed myself up. Um, I mean, that's, that's to me, that's openness. And yeah. that's, that's having an open mind and, and allowing opportunities to come from you. And I think, um, like, there's an amazing video by Will Smith on self-discipline. Watch that video. Like, he just nails it. He's like, self-discipline is self-care. Mm. And um, whilst you might want to go to the party or, or eat the pizza when you're trying to get fit or whatever it is, that's, that's not self-discipline like that. And by, by being mean to yourself, you're often being like, what feels good is seldom what's best for you. So doing like doing the hard stuff is often what like gets you to the, the mm. promised land. So, and I don't, I don't see the, I think being open is very different from, from self-discipline of like, cause I think you don't want, you run the risk of like, just skitting off and, and never actually like like deep work is important and focusing on something and um, and then then I suppose it comes down to setting the right goals and work and mm, then a self awareness yeah. of like this is the direction I'm going in I'm open to opportunities it's like the podcast this is an opportunity tonight to to come and talk to these lovely people like that's that's cool so we're open to it but like that doesn't get away from like what our goal is with the yeah. podcast and always heading down that trajectory yeah yeah I think that's great point and i think on that note is a good time for us to open up for any questions if anyone is out there wants to ask anything if you do just shoot your hand up and shout the question out because we did have a mic but it's kind of done it. it's not wasn't working one at the front and what have you been inspired by recently so just for recording purposes i'll repeat the question so the question is uh, what's your name eloise. eloise has asked what have you been inspired by recently great question um recently i was so inspired to be um at, as part of the kettle boobs event that i mentioned um i was the only guy in the room uh which was a little bit daunting going in um but the the conversations that we were having um a lot regarding male female relationships um i kind of said to the room like maybe the next time we do this um if you have like a straight male partner we invite them along as well um just because being the fly on the wall i mean it was part of the panel but being being the only guy in that room and listening to it was basically the event was about balance and I sat, I was number five on the panel, so I listened to four women describe what balance was to them before it got to me. 
And, and then they said to, and everyone was saying how much they struggled with balance. And then it got to me. And obviously I was like, don't really struggle with it. <laughs> got booed out of the fucking building. It did not go down well. And I was like, but is that because as, as women currently, like a lot of you guys are feeling like you have to be a good wife, a good mother, good in business, killing it on the gram and look good while doing it. Um, are we, is there too much pressure on women? And I've, I, like, I found it so inspiring being in that room talking to those people. So yeah, shout out to Kettle, Kettle Boobs. Um, follow them on Instagram and go to their next event because it was, it was mega. Um, I was really inspired by that. I think for me, it's like it's probably just have, like having the podcast and the amount of interesting guests that we meet. Every week you meet someone who's from a completely different background. I'm full sales pitch for the podcast now. Creative <laughs> Rebels, if you don't listen, listen now. Um, but yes, meeting people. I think that's what's really changed my life over the past like two years especially. Because I started doing portrait photography and I was always quite definitely an introvert, didn't really like meeting new people. The idea of going to a networking event is hell. Um, or being up on stage speaking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> With now, two mics strapped to you. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. like the confidence that I've gained from that has just, it's, it's just taken me to a whole new level. And yeah, I think that's what inspires me, seeing other people doing what I'm doing and think like I can achieve that too. Um, I think that's probably... Yeah, um, and I would say I'm going to go left and take it a bit more spiritual as I always do. So um, I had this conversation again with Anton the other day about autumn. That autumn really inspired me recently because I was walking the dog through the park and there was like this just scene where there was like a little path and all the leaves were on the floor like golden and brown and the tree was there and it was all golden and brown and it just looked beautiful and I was just like autumn is fucking amazing man like what a great season this is and then like the next day i was driving along same thing there was like trees overarching this road and it was all golden brown and green it just looked beautiful and i was like fuck man autumn's amazing and there was something in me that just realized like autumn's a transition season but i was seeing it as something beautiful whereas the goal of autumn is to get to winter but I was like looking at it and the decay of the leaves and all of this stuff, like this is a beautiful like season. It really is like picturesque. And there's something in me that just went, why don't we look at transitions in our own lives as beautiful things? Um, so I told you slightly spiritual, but that was genuinely like a thought that I had. And it was just, yeah, those two moments just really were like, wow, this makes a lot of sense to me now. Um, so have we got any other questions? Another one at the front? Thank you. Um, Thanks. I want to know, when you're suffering from that lull and the burnout, or even if you just think everything's amazing and you never get tired, how do you say no? How do you know when to say no? Um, so again, for recording purposes, what's your name, sorry? Kaz. So Kaz has asked about the lull and the burnout. How do you, when you're in that place, how do you learn to say no? I think... You basically have to look at every opportunity you have and think, what's going to drive me the most towards my goal? And realize, well, how much can I actually do? Because it's easy to say yes, it takes a second. Whereas to actually do what that's going to like, facilitate, like, that might take a week or an hour or however long. So I think look at how long it's going to actually take you to do it, how important is that to drive you towards your goal, and then just make a balance between the two. Um, like even if it's kind of like write down on a piece of paper, these are all the things that I might have to do now. What is the most important to me in terms of driving me towards my goal and which is going to take the most amount of time? And then just work out the balance between them and basically push it. As, as the quicker you can get towards your goal, the better. So I think that's the... Sorry. 
Yeah, same. So I, I would. So I, I heard something on another podcast, which which I'm probably going to totally butcher it, but whatever. Um, it basically said, if the thing that you've been asked to do was happening tomorrow, would you still want to do it? If it's a no, don't do it. If it's a yes, do it. So if you're totally excited by it and geed up by it, then that's a good thing. So like, but that could also for me, I'm I'm a t- total yes person in terms of like wanting to do new things. So if I had like as an example, loads and loads of podcast editing and video editing and work to do. And David or Adam text me like, hey, do you want to come down tomorrow and we're painting up a wall? Do you want to come and help us? I'd be like, yeah, that's sick. Like, I'd love to be involved. Like, cause it's just a new thing and I'd be totally up for it. But there'll be something else that comes on and someone might message me and be like, oh, I've got this. I'm starting a podcast. This, this is a good example. I'm starting a podcast. It's not out yet. Um, do you mind coming to record in two months time? I'd probably be a bit cautious about it for many many reasons because the podcast might not even go out etc etc so i'd probably i wouldn't have the same excitement about it so i'd think if that was tomorrow would i be up for going to do it probably not so i'll say look i'm you know i'm into being on the podcast let me know once it's up and running my schedule is a bit busy like we can figure things out so i think that's a good way to look at things is like if it's happening tomorrow or later in the evening would you be totally excited to do it? If so, yes. If not, no. It's just a good way to break yeah. things. And how busy you are at the time as well, yeah. because it's like, I do like lots of portrait photography. A lot of people message me being like, oh, can we do a free shoot? And most people I just say no to because I'm too busy. But then if I've got like, a, oh, actually, I've got a free day now. Um, I'll just go through those messages and be like, actually, yeah, I'll do, we'll go and shoot because I've got the time to do it. Whereas previously when I was busy, I, I wouldn't have. Basically, Mary Kondo, that shit. If it doesn't spark joy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It doesn't spark joy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think there was another question towards the back. Um, there's no farming about information up there. What's your favourite way to stay What's your name? Sam. So Sam has asked, um, there's a ton of information out in the world, as we know. What's your way to keep up to date with what's happening in the creative industries? I don't keep up to date with what's happening in the creative industries. I just, um, I'll consume content that I think is going to make me a better person. And what can I learn that I'm interested in? So I don't, like, I think I would never read a newspaper. I hate looking at news sites because I think, like, why am I looking at things that I can't change? And, like, so I would basically, my, the content that I consume will always be things that's going to help me grow. So whether that's reading or listening to audiobooks, listening to podcasts, watching YouTube videos, or tutorial-based things that help me learn. Um, yes, yeah, so I don't really care of what's happening in the outside world so much. Uh, I mean, you curate your social media feed, um, so make that the magazine that you want to read every day. Um, and I think, I mean, so for us, kind of, we do have to know a certain amount of, of what's going on in the creative industries because it is our profession. Um, but we do have a commercial manager who does take care of a lot of that side. And um, LinkedIn is really good. Um, there's, if, you're, if you're connected with the right people on LinkedIn, then, then that will give you a good sense of what's going on in your industry. Um, just keeping an open ear, but not getting too, uh, too sucked into it. Um, and kind of staying on your own path. I think there's that saying of comparison is the thief of joy. You have to, you have to tread the fine line of, of watching so heavily what other people are doing that it distracts away from, from you actually doing what you want to be doing. Yeah. Um, so like, keep, keep one eye on it every now and then, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's that important. Yeah. I think David made a really good point there about curating your feed and yeah, looking at who you follow on Instagram or any social media platform and think like, am I actually getting value from this? Is this just, am I looking at someone on holiday in Thailand, is that going to actually do anything for me? Or because like anything that I follow will be 
what I'm into. So I'm, a, I'm only going to learn what they talk about and what's happening. And so I'll know what's going on because the people that I follow in the thing that I'm interested in talk about it. But anything that's outside of that, I'm not, I try not to bother myself with. Yeah, yeah. and I was similarly just going to add, like, um, what are you watching, what are you reading, what are you listening to? And I think that was a big thing for me was before I went on this journey of the podcast, it was like, actually, what, are the, what am I taking on here? Like, I started to read more books that inspired me. I started to listen to more podcasts with inspiring guests that were inspiring me. I started to watch more inspiring documentaries or even films or biopics of people's stories or whatever, just to take more of that information in because, you know, there's that thing of um, you're the sum of the five people you hang out with the most or whatever it is. Butchered that one as well, sorry. Um, but <laughs> it doesn't necessarily have to be like the five people you directly hang out with. Those five people could be the people you're listening to regularly. Like if I, was, I do listen to these guys regularly, like I'm hanging out with them regularly in the gym. I'm reading, you know, I'm super into certain authors or certain books, so that I'm getting my time with those people there. So I think that's a, another good way to look at it. You are the content you consume. 100%. Um, anyone else? Have we got any other one at the back there? Hi, my name's Alan. Um, my question is, um, what plans do you have in the pipeline to upscale your Sorry, what was your name again? Anam. Anam has asked, what plans do you have in the pipeline to upscale your podcast? Do you want to go first? Um, yes, so my plan, so I'm a bit, this is, this is going to be interesting because I think you're going to get two totally different answers here. So <laughs> I know these, because these guys are really great. And again, this is why they inspire me is because they approach the podcast like they approach their business. Whereas I approach my podcast like I approach life. So it's all very kind of airy fairy and I try and keep it moving all the time. <laughs> my mate Adam's laughing. Um, I keep it moving all the time. Like I, I introduce new ideas and I let it kind of, be a reflection of me as well as the work that I'm putting into it because my life does go from like this lane and then it jumps over to there and it goes along that lane and then I come back into this lane and continue so for me scaling of the podcast at the minute is introducing new types of content to it so I've got the interviews uh, like with these guys with other inspirational guests I've got in focus sessions which is where I talk about one specific topic at a time so it might be talking about burnout it might be talking about the benefits of meditation. It might be talking about uh, motivation. Uh, I've also got a travel diary within that. So every time I go traveling, I'll sit down and record about my experience and the people I've met. But within that, I'm now introducing two other sections. So it becomes a bit more of a 360 like audio experience instead of just like one specific thing. Um, and those are going to be more group discussions similar to like what we've done here. I normally only have one guest. So I'm introducing two other guests and just having really open, vulnerable conversations. So I've got some recordings coming out soon. They'll probably be out by the time people actually listen to this. But um, where I sat down with a couple of mates and we spoke about dealing with emotions. When was the last time you cried? Just having like a raw conversation that you don't normally hear on a podcast from young guys. Um, and then the other one is just like a way to, it's Dreamers Disease Shorts. So it's just, because I've got a lot of new listeners recently through the guests that I've had on. I've had some amazing interviews in the past. So it's about just taking like the key moment or in inspirational bit or the, uh, the, 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 the bit that touched the nerve in a previous episode and just packaging it into a five minute mini episode. So scaling for me is just introducing more things and just continuing my path on my journey and introducing that into the podcast. Because like I said, it reflects me as well as the work that I put into it. So over to you guys. Cool. 
Well, we actually got the keys to a new studio today, which was super exciting. Um, so we've been recording in our current office recently, and we, with a bunch of foam boards, basically built a mini little set inside our studio with a, a light, and it kind of shows you can make a, make a studio anywhere with a bit of foam board. Um, but yeah, so we've got a nice new space next door, which we're kitting out, and hopefully it should make our videos look lovely now. So... Um, so yes, we're, I think YouTube will be bigger for us going forward. We've kind of only started that over the past couple of months. And I think if you have a podcast, it's really hard to get found uh, because there's no real algorithm on, like, you can't, there's no Discover page on iTunes, for example. So we've kind of thought, well, YouTube is a good place to grow that because it's the second biggest search engine. If people type in stuff, there's a chance you can get found. So I think we're going to put a bit more effort into that to make sure that grows. Um, and I think just keep going. Like our aim is just to help as many people as possible. And I think what we've done in, since we launched in January this year has been amazing. And I'm super proud of what we've done. And I think we're just going to keep going and we're going to keep getting bigger guests and more interesting people and just like just keep doing more of what we're doing. Yeah, we did a talk yesterday that was called How to Launch a Successful Podcast um, because I think successful being the key word and if your metric for success is for people to listen to it um, then that's kind of obviously the aim of it um, so with ours we want to help as many people as possible um, and like like I love our lovely listeners like they're just so amazing yeah. and I know there's a couple here tonight because I've spoken to a few of them already um, and just I think the way that we've done that is by we focus on the audience at all times. So if you are thinking of starting a podcast, then we always say start with why, which is a quote from a guy called Simon Sinek who has an amazing book under the same name. But you start with why, why and our why for the podcast is to help creatives. So as, as long as we do that, and then at the end of each episode, we ask that if it helped them that they share it. And we've had so much growth from just people going, oh, you'd find this podcast interesting, you'd find it useful, and people just sharing it around. Um, so as that happens more, it will kind of grow exponentially. Um, in terms of scaling um, through our podcast, so we launched in January. Um, we've made about, is it 24,000 pounds? 24, yeah. Made about 24,000 pounds from the podcast. We don't do any read ads on the podcast. We say no to everyone that comes through. Um, so it'll just be from like speaking gigs and opportunities like that. Um, we're like transparent about the money. We don't care like telling people. Um, so it, like, there's definitely money to be made in, in podcasting. I think everyone says that it's reached peak and that there's too many podcasts and stuff, which is all bollocks. If you make something good, people will find it and they'll listen to it. So um, yeah, for us, it's just continuing to do that, continuing to grow, help as many people as possible. Turns out the more people you help, like the more opportunities come for yourself as well. Um, so it's like just this beautiful self-feeding circle of like, and the more you help people, the more you're, actually able to help even more people because of yeah. the support you're getting from brands and stuff like that so it's yeah just more of the same yeah i think just on that because i remember when when i came on your podcast like episode seven or whatever yeah. it was i spoke about the reason i started the podcast was just for that one person that it could help and every time i get that message from that one person which is like oh do you know what i've been going through some stuff and i just want to thank you for the content that you put out because it's not just for me it's not just the podcast it's like you know the positive quotes that go out on the instagram the video footage that goes out on my youtube on the on my instagram as well someone might just discover that and it's like if i get the message just like this was really amazing thank you really helped me today that's like that's the big tick that yeah. is like yeah. you know i mean i would say keep your 24 grand like, i would like the 24 grand as well but like that that has a lot more value in it for me than 
the, like I said, I'm not that money motivated. So like that, that's the big tick for me. Do you know what I mean? So I think it's about the why. Why are you doing the thing that you do, be it art, be it running a business, be it a podcast, be it whatever it may be, teaching, whatever it is. What, why are you doing it? And if you're doing that thing in the correct way, people will let you know about it. And it won't be all the time, don't get me wrong, but like people will let you know and then you can have that big tick. So um, yeah. Any other, one more here? Have we got, so there's one there and one there, cool. Sorry? Yes. What's your name? Alice. So Alice has asked, this is really annoying, sorry. Alice has asked, um, how, how do you set goals ahead of time? So looking five years ahead, 10 years ahead, six months ahead. See, I never have a, like, where I'm going to be in 10 years, where I'm going to be in five years. I will think, well, what do I want to achieve? And then work back from there and work out how long that's going to take to get there. Um, I think that's an easy way to do it and just think, oh, where I'm going to be in five years' time. Because it's like, if you asked me five years ago where I'd be in five years' time, it wouldn't be where I am now. And you never know where life's going to take you. So I think as long as you're heading towards like what your ultimate goal is, so it's like if you just want to be happy in what you do every day, and that's your aim, and just keep working towards that, then yeah, good things just happen. You say that, but you like you. Oh, I did. Well, you I, envisioned our entire like, yeah, like. Go on. Yes, yeah. So when we first started the company. I had a vision of basically exactly what our studio is now. But at no point did I say, in 10 years' time, we'll have this. I envisioned at some point we'll have this. That could have been five years. It could have been 15 years. But I think if you just keep walking, to working towards that vision that you've got, I think having a vision is really, really important. Um, but just the time frames don't always work on it. And, and it can be, yeah, I think it can be sort of cloudy. It can just be like a rough idea of where you want to go. Because... I mean, I mean, so many people who are just like one, two, three years into their business and whatever you think your, your like X is going to be, like it never is because opportunities are going to come up and things are going to like, so sorry to keep banging the bloody drum for kettle boobs because this is the <laughs> third on. time I mentioned that. But, <laughs> We're going to start charging them in a minute. I know, right? <laughs> but after, after I did that event, I said to them, like, this could be your business from now on because it was just such a successful event. So, and like, so they might stop selling kettlebells and start doing events. You never know which direction your business is going to go because something might happen. We'd never thought we'd have a podcast like it's so weird but I mean we're just we're riding it and seeing where it goes because the podcast benefits our business it creates more awareness about what we do um so I I mean yeah don't don't be set to it has to be this one thing be open to it but also at the same time have a, a rough idea where you're going because when we first started I was very I put a low ceiling on what I thought was possible and both my business partners had a much higher ceiling and now I'm fine now I have like fucking audacious ridiculous visions of what we could do in the future I mean literally ridiculous um, but but like we because they showed me that it was possible because they both said now here's where we'll be in a couple of years time we'll have the, we'll have a studio it'll probably be in Shoreditch we'll have this many staff and we'll be turning over this amount of money and it like it came true so I think it's important to have both, to have a goal but not to be married to it. And what I would say as well, like maybe find a role model, find someone who's already doing where you want to be and 
just think, well, if that exists and they're doing that, that means I can do it as well. I think having that belief in yourself of, well, if someone else can do it, that means I can do it too. Like that's that's a better way. Yeah, to I, I sent a tweet today and you liked it, so thanks. Um, <laughs> but they just said um, I have something along the lines of the people that you meet will change your life because every single opportunity that you get comes from someone else. So we only have opportunities with the podcast because people listen to it. Um, we only get jobs when someone agrees that they want to employ us to do. Like every single thing is reliant on other people. So the more people that you can meet, the more opportunities you will have. Um, so just being open to, to making as many connections as possible. And there is some, whatever your dream is, no matter how like audacious and ridiculous your dream is, there is someone who can make that happen for you. Like, mm. what, like think about whatever it is right now that, you're, that you want to do. There's someone in this, on this planet that could make that happen to you like that. Unfortunately, you probably won't be able to get straight to them to make it happen like that. So, but you can get to this person who gets to this person, six degrees of separation. Like we, like there's guests that we want on the podcast that we know we're only going to get once we've got this guest, this guest, this guest, and this guest. And it's just that, that chain of working your way up that chain. So um, just be open and, and meet as many people as possible because yeah, people will change your life. Yeah. And no, again, similarly to what these guys have said, um, for me, I think Adam said it perfectly. Like I don't, I don't, I don't know where I'm going to be in six months time, let alone five years, 10 years, I, in six months, five years, I could be on a beach building huts in Cambodia, or I could equally be running a successful podcast industry business, or I could be doing whatever. I could be a pilot. I, don't, I honestly don't know because I just go with that, that flow like that. But I think the understanding that you design the life that you want and you've got the full power to do that is where everything should start from because for me it's about looking like what Adam was saying looking at actually what do I want my life to look like what do I want the business to look like and then figuring out what you need to do to get yourself there so like for me a big thing is like working and traveling at the same time so in the back of my mind I'm like oh I've got a podcast well I can I can do that on the travel I work freelance social media I can do that while I travel like how can I stitch those things together to design that life and that might just be a life that I live for a year I don't know it could be I could still be doing it in 10 years but it's about looking forward at that thing and how can I what's the, what's the life I actually really want to live and then how can I how can I start to make that happen and what can I do now to make that thing happen and that's been a really big thing for me and it's you know like I said I don't know where I'm going to be in 10 years I'd love to be able to say but equally I'm excited that I don't know I think as well, like if you give yourself a time limit and say, in 10 years' time, I'm going to be doing this. In 10 years' time, if you don't hit that, you're going to be really mm. miserable. So it's like, as long as you're working every single day towards whatever your goal is, it doesn't matter how long it takes, as long as you enjoy the journey. Yeah. And I think that, that, that's kind of what I was trying to explain earlier about the self-discipline thing, is if, if you're saying, this is 100%, I want to be doing this and earning this much money through my business and making this thing in five years' time, it's like you're only going to, put your, enough focus into that thing and you're not going to open up to all the opportunities and the things that we were just talking about and I think that's that's what we're trying to get across there is like yeah it's good to have that 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 uh, picture but it's like there's so much other stuff that could could filter in and out and people you can meet that might make other stuff happen around it so it's being open to those things as well and then there was I think there was one more at the back there oh yeah great <laughs>
what's your name? Izzy. So Izzy has asked, um, how do you, how do you break free, I guess, from the kind of expectations and restrictions that other people put in your life in terms of like, you should do this job, you should do that thing. And when you want to kind of do your own thing, which is not to how they see it. So it tends to be family, friends, that kind of stuff. How do you kind of break free from that mold? Because I'm guessing if you said to your mum when you were you know, 14, 15, mum, I want to be a professional wall painter, you know, mum, dad, they would have been like, yeah, all right. You did say that. Probably did, to be fair, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> please, 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 please do not live your life for someone else. Please don't. Like, it's, you will end up resenting them um, and you'll think, you're like, regret is the worst thing. You'll be on your deathbed thinking, if only I'd tried, if only I hadn't listened to X, Y, or Z. Um, I did say to my mum that I was going to do graffiti for a living. She did say I was absolutely bonkers. Um, and now she's the proudest that she could ever be and she loves it and she tells all her friends that, and like when I'm on TV and stuff, she bloody DVRs it and shows it back to people. It's ridiculous. Um, but I had self-belief that Every, like everyone told us we were fucking nutty to be doing this like everyone because there was no blueprint for it it wasn't an established industry it was just it was painting on walls no one thought it would be successful um, graffiti was this thing that was kind of looked down on and it wasn't respected and and like everyone told us we were absolutely bonkers but we carried on regardless and for three years we got no jobs and we got beans and noodles and that was it and it was hard, man. But gradually, bit by bit, things started to happen. Um, you don't need to. You don't need to like throw everything in the air and tell them like, "Screw you! I'm an artist. You don't understand me." And like, treat them with empathy. They, it's from the sounds of it, it's coming from a place of love, because they are saying you're about to take a risk. That sounds like something that's not a thing. It's not what we've heard of. It's not what we did when we were younger. Like, so it's probably not, not the right thing. That's, that's where my mum and dad were coming from. Um, but if you know yourself, and if you know that that's what's gonna bring you happiness, is to be making art, then fucking make art, man. Like, be happy. Do it, start small, like, do it, like, don't piss everyone off and just, like, cut all ties and everything. But just, like, do it in your own time, build something up. And then as they see the momentum, they'll start to be like, oh, actually, and then you'll gradually get them on board. Um, but I would, yeah, don't, don't just fucking don't let them hold them back, hold you back, man. Seriously. Yeah, I think like proving people wrong is fucking amazing. And if you can do something, yeah, do something in your spare time that you can build up and be like, look, I can do this. And people, people are offering to pay me money to do this thing that I love doing. Like as soon as you get to that stage, and it's like, whoa, I can make a decision now. And you, it's not so much for risk. Like if you just think I'm going to quit my job tomorrow and go and become an artist, but you've never really picked up a pencil before, you've never really done anything like that, you're probably going to fail. Whereas if you have, unless you've got money to sustain that, like what we started to say to people as well is like, start making your own redundancy package. Start like living scrimping every month from now on. Save up six months worth of. What are you kidding? And the reason that we say that is because so many guests that we've had on started yes. doing whatever amazing thing it is that they're doing when they got made redundant. So we're like, don't wait, because that might not happen. Don't wait for the redundancy package, yeah. like create your own. Yeah, so get to a stage where you're good enough that people are offering to pay you to do whatever you want to do, and then save up enough money that you could go six months, like, and basically like, think, what could I survive on? Six months, what's my rent, food, and like food, take that back to being noodles and beans because that's what you're going to be living on but it'll be worth it in the end and like just 
try for six months or what, what I bang about, bang on about all the time is um, flexible working. Like everyone in this country, if you work for a company, they should legally have a flexible working policy. Every single business you work, um, work at, you can change your hours. You should be able to work, because it's the law, um, go in earlier, leave later, unless you work in something that's like you're a doctor on the shift pattern or something. But then again, they could probably move around that, or you're a teacher. Obviously, you have to be in school at least certain hours. But you can drop down to like a nine-day fortnight. So, for example, my girlfriend works an extra 45, 50 minutes every day um, for nine days, and then she gets every other Friday off. And that's the law. So your company has to consider it unless they can give you a really good reason why that isn't the case. So what we've had, we've had quite a few, because I talk about it on the show a lot, we've had quite a few people, listeners that have messaged us and been like, actually, thanks for listening to you. I've now gone to a nine-day fortnight and I've now got at least one day in every two weeks I can go and be creative. I can go and do this passionate thing that I'm interested in. And like your evenings and your weekends are so are such a massive part of your time. Like you're at work for say half of that. Like two days a week you're at home because it's the weekend. You've got every evening, you've got every morning. Like start going to bed earlier, waking up at six AM and have an an hour or two before work. It's like most people, it gets to around 10 p.m. And what are you doing? You're probably watching Netflix, swings craps on TV, you've just got it on. But if you go to bed then, wake up an hour earlier, you've got more time to be creative. And I think that's important, finding the time to do it because everyone has the time. Yeah, if you can get that six month buffer in the bank, like that's so useful. And I know like different people at different stages in their career, because like we have a, a lot of people like in their 40s and 50s that listen to the show and they've obviously got mortgages and kids and all of that sort of stuff to worry about. So it might take them longer to build their six month buffer. But once you've got that six months, like six months is such a long time. If, you're, if you have six months to just work on your thing and to have to make sales, like, it can't fail like yeah. you you will because every day you wake up and you're focusing on growing your thing like something has to happen yeah and also that driver when you're in that as well of like if this six months if i don't earn anything i'm going back to the job that i hated yeah you can yeah. just go back to your <laughs> yeah. job and it's yeah. fine that was a big one for me when i jumped freelance was like i was so scared i put it off for like a year and a half and in the end i just said to myself do you know what if it doesn't work out in six months, I'll go and get another job. It's not going to be the end of the world. It's not like I'm destined to be living yeah. off of no money for the rest of my life if I don't get any work in six months. I, th I think um, probably what the kicker is, and, th and this is probably for Izzy as well, is that if it does fail, it's the other, it's other people's judgment on you because it failed. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's, that's something that holds a lot of people back. And I'm seeing a lot of nods like yeah. that you yeah. can relate to that. So, and again, I would say to you like, don't live for other people. Firstly, like like failure is beautiful where you learn from your failures, like because you, you fucking won't do them again. Like, like failing is, is fine. And if, if someone judges you for going out on a limb and trying something new, then like maybe they're not the kind of people you want to be hanging around with anyway, you know? It's like, I'd rather that you tried and failed and learned from it and then, fuck it, and then tried again and then tried again than, than just went, I might fail, so I'm not even gonna try. Like you, you can't let that hold you back. Yeah. Um, we, I mean, we've got people in our DMs who've got secret accounts that no one knows about that their friend like because they're trying it without 
So if they fail, they fail quietly. No one needs to, even needs to know about it. So there's, there's that side of it as well. But like, yeah, don't let that stop you. Like, fuck other people's opinions, man. Seriously, like we'd be nowhere if we'd listen to people. Yeah. You cannot listen to them. If you know within yourself that you're doing the right thing, trust yourself, please. Fucking talk to us. We'll tell you whether you've got a good <laughs> idea or not. Honestly. Yeah, we'll, I'll be Bruce Lee, honestly. He's yeah. so brilliant. Yeah. Honestly, like, <laughs> that's not going to work because X, Y, Z. Because he's, he's, you're really like meticulous and he'll, he'll break it down into detail. But yeah. But like, yeah, just fucking try, man. Just try. Yeah, I think it's like, it comes down to that thing, isn't it? Like, I'd rather fail having known I tried than not tried at all. Yeah. And I think coming back to Izzy's question, I think it's about, it's about your happiness. And I think what I've noticed through that is, I mean, my mum and my, fr my closest, like, day one schoolmate friends, they literally think they don't know what I do. They literally, they, they, they can't comprehend it because they all work, like, city jobs. And my mum and dad are very, like, um, a first generation like, Italian immigrant so they, they, their parents came over from Italy so it was very much work, work, work do this, do this, do this and they can't comprehend only like doing this podcast thing and like going off and doing this other stuff and like being 32 and trying to learn how to skateboard because it makes you happy and it's like it's, it's about your happiness and it's about when they see you happy they're happy and as, as much as my mum would have loved to have said oh, Alex had a, has got a master's in this degree at, from whatever university. I didn't go to uni because it didn't, I didn't feel like it was going to make me happy. And as much as, you know, my parents probably were really proud when I was working at the BBC, I wasn't happy there, so I had to stop doing it. And ultimately, now that I'm happy within myself and the things that I'm doing, they're happy to see me happy. And I think that the, the placements are only there through their own experiences is what I find, yeah. through, the, through the, the, the avenues that they, they've been pushed through themselves, that they didn't have the... The, the, the confidence to step out of and I think when they do see you do that and they see that you're happy doing it they just they totally just sit back and they're like okay cool like if you're happy I'm happy and that's that's the biggest thing that I found because that was the scariest thing in the world to me we've got one more question and then we'll go from there Um, so the qu what's your name sorry? Oh, sorry my name is Lahu. Lahu. so the question is um, how do you go about finding guests and reaching out to people for the podcast do you guys want to so when we started because um, when you launch a podcast you've got no listeners no audience and this thing might not even last like there's a stat that David says all the time I'm going to steal it from you now um, it's the average podcast lasts seven episodes so as someone who's potentially going to go on one, that's their time that's going to be like, what well, is this going to last? So as you've been going longer and it's kind of proven it's easier to get people because you'll be like, we've got this many listeners and the audience is already there. But oh, on, on that point, I mean, like we've never been asked how many listeners we've got by any of our guests. One. So oh, by, what, by one yeah. guest out of 50. So you don't yeah. have to disclose that. Yeah. Um, but I think if you can... So one thing that we've done is... Well, so I, I do portrait photography and I'll find people I'm like you could be an interesting guest so I'll DM them on Instagram and be like I'll offer you this free service um, we'll just, I'll give you a free photo shoot edit some photos for you you can use them for whatever you need um, if you've got like, a website being built like here's some photos for that um, I mean everyone always needs headshots yeah exactly um, so it's like I'll help them out and then 
you're there having a good conversation with them and I'm like if you're interesting then after I might oh well mention I've got a podcast and um, if they're like oh that sounds interesting I'll just message them after and be like oh would you like to come on and then that's a guest so it's like you've helped them out so what skills do you have and how can you help other people and like so offer your service to them for free to get the relationship and also if it doesn't even turn into a podcast guest it could turn into something that benefits you in so many other ways anyway um, but that's one way we get guests and then the second way would be having a really good why. So like, why are you doing this podcast? What is your reason for it? What is the message you're trying to get across? So our aim is to make people happy, happy and fulfilled in a creative career. And lots of our guests will have that same belief because they're doing it too. And we want to basically say to anyone that you can be happy in what you do. You can do anything. And by having that kind of belief and passion behind it, people want to support that. It's like any kind of movement that takes place is always because people come together around the same like common belief. So if you can have like a good reason and a good passion behind what the purpose is behind it. So like, what's your podcast about? Exactly. So you've got a thing there. Like go to someone and say like, this is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. Would you like to be a part of it? And if you know that they've got something aligned in that personally, they're way more likely to say yes. Yeah, so when we started, we obviously had zero listens, zero audience. Um, so we relied very strongly on our why. And we got some really big, big guests through in the beginning because we were able to articulate, firstly, this is why we're doing it and make them believe in what we saw and also to make them believe that we're not going to be one of the podcasts that goes out and only last seven episodes. Um, so just like... We had to make them believe. So the, the way that we did that is we made it look professional. We, we, put, we put a proper like, pack together using Photoshop, uh, made it look presentable, made it look, made the branding good, make it look like something that people would want to be a part of. Yeah, think, um, and then, sorry to cut off there. It's make it look like you've spent time on it. If it's something, if, they, if you send a PDF and it's like, well, this looks like it's been spent about five minutes on. Whereas if it's something that looks like it's been really crafted and they've thought about it and they've done the colours right, they've got the branding right, and it arrives in someone's inbox, they're like, these guys have made an effort here, it's likely to last. Whereas if you've just like, sent them over a quick Word document with some Word art across the top, Word art, does that still exist? Like, who knows? Um, and, like, and if you can't do that yourself, like you've probably got a mate who does graphic design, do you know what I mean? We all know someone. Um, so, so yeah, so make it look presentable. Um, and then the second thing is like, just ask. Just ask you like I think a lot of people are scared to contact the the like big names. You'd be astounded at, like when you actually do ask them. You're like I'm doing this thing. Really want to get you a part of. I mean, what helps us now is that we've got a backlog of so many amazing guests that on our PDF it has it has their images and people can see like oh okay Reggie Yates has been on your podcast. Okay, I'll come on. Do you know what I mean? Because it's it's like by association. Um. So, but that's that's just momentum as as you build it up. So I would just go. I would just start gunning for big guests straight away and like you'll probably get a lot of no's and you'll probably get a lot of ignores, but like don't let that stop you because one of them will say yes and then you can leverage them to get the next guest and you can even go back six months time to the people that did say no and you can say X, Y and Z have been on, now are you interested? Yeah, it's like, I, as you were saying then, it just made me think of like a little story when I was having to go to the post office, which is like quite far from my house. I was sat on the bus, it was like a 20 minute ride. So I just sat there on Instagram, just DMing every single person that I watch on TV, everyone I find interesting. And I just basically sent them all a message saying like, oh, I'd love, love for you to come on. Uh, and then one person got back to me. And 
this is like someone who's really big on TV. And I was like, well, that's awesome. And it's only because I asked, but I probably sent maybe 50 messages there and back from the post office. And one of them said yes. And then that guest could then unlock another one. And it's all that building process. So it's like, if you've got someone on who's of a similar level to someone else that you might want to get, it's like, well, I've had this person on. And then just like keep creeping up. So if you think of it almost like, if you based it on social media metrics, for example, so say we're going to start off with people who are like 10K, and then we're going to go up to 20K, and then 50K, and then 100K, and keep going up, because it will keep going. So we had um, a guy who's got 3 million followers on the podcast, and that was just because I messaged him on Instagram. I know, it's sent him an email, actually, and um, I was like, we'd love for you to be on the podcast. He was like, well, I've never actually done a podcast before. What he'd, you- he'd said no to podcasts in the past, hadn't he? We yeah. were the first one mm. to do and that was because our message aligned with what he believed in and yes it's just send like shares. yeah um and at the same time like so what adam was saying about him, him offering portrait photography is really useful so um we we did a talk yesterday how to launch a successful podcast and um got a dm following that from someone saying hey i saw your talk it was really good um i'm just wondering if you could share my podcast on your on your feed and it's like okay so we just gave you an hour's worth of free knowledge and now you want us to share your podcast. And they didn't say, oh, I went back and I listened to a couple of your episodes, or I subscribed, or it was just like, what can you do for me straight away? Um, and so it's like, when you are asking, like if you can offer something of value, so you, you say you do graphic design, so maybe there's something that you can offer first before the podcast even becomes a discussion. Um, and you, you get your foot in the door that way because we are being bombarded by asks a lot of the time, especially like the more of a following you gain, your requests in your DM box are like pretty much people asking things from you. Um, and so that can become pretty wearing. So if someone's actually coming with without an ask, but actually an offer, then that's much more attractive than just going straight in with the ask. So. Yeah, like if, say if there's a guest you really want and you check out the website and you're like, oh, a bit of a shit website, you can maybe say, I'll help you upgrade this website. Like, do you need some new banners? Like, is there something like, try and do a bit of research search on them and find out what they could benefit from. And then go to them and be like, oh, I've seen you, this is this. I could probably help with that. Like give, give, give before you ask. Yeah. And I think I, the only thing I'd really add on top of that is how I started out was um, reaching out to people within my direct network. So if you go back and listen to like the first five, six episodes, one was with my best mate Moz, about his journey in music. One was with my friend BJ, who's like a really young, cool entrepreneur. And the second episode was with a photographer, Courtney, who I'd done loads of work with through BBC, through One Extra. Um, so I reached out to those people. And then from that, it's like, okay, where's the next level? But it's like similar to the, the 10K following, 20K following. It's like, okay, these are the people I know. What can I get them on to talk about if they can let's do it and then it's like, okay you've got that person they might be able to recommend oh this was really cool get that person and it's about that but also I think people are really interested when they're coming to talk to you about something they don't normally talk about so an example of that would be I just interviewed Retch32 and we were talking about yoga we were talking about you know the lessons he's teaching his kids it's like normally when he does an interview it's about music and the album and how he writes his songs and and we went like we touched on it but we went everywhere else and at the end of it he was like man that was so refreshing like it, i rarely get an opportunity to speak in such a deep way about so many different things it's always such a cornered market and i think people really appreciate that side of things as well so that's one thing not to like hold back on is like don't be scared to like it's again it's saying like well if you 
if you want to come on then we can talk about all these things and it doesn't have to be that thing or people I find tend to appreciate that which is a little bit left but it's just something that I've I've noticed recently yeah I'm not sure what time they're kicking us out but yeah um, I was just thinking but, that um, but yeah we, we just had someone on our podcast called uh, Marie Forleo who was um, she was doing a book tour um, and we did a bit of research on her and we realised we didn't want her to just give the same interview that she gives to everyone because she has a lot of like stock replies um, and her team actually reached out to us um, after the interview and said um, we just want to thank you because your yours was so different um, so I think yeah I think that's really important is, mm. is no, them knowing especially if there's someone who does a lot of interviews knowing this is not this is not going to be your normal thing that you're doing 24 7 where you're just saying your stock answers and all of that sort of stuff is like no this is going to be a fun experience for you yeah um so i think like i think I said, we did have one more in the is there one more? Okay, we got time for one? one more we'll snap we'll make the yeah we'll go quick there you go thank you <laughs> <laughs> Is he? Yeah. You've got to make ends meet. Just you've got like well, take a part-time job, yeah, or, or work in a nine-to-five and then do do what you love in the evenings and weekends and in any spare time. Like, I mean, I was training to be a primary school teacher. I was I was um, tattooing. I was like just working in a mobile phone store, just working loads of random jobs. I, like you have to you have to keep the lights on, otherwise, like you can't. Like art needs commerce, and and like I, there's this kind of myth of the like art has to be pure and divine, and you you must gift it to the world and not be paid for it. I don't know where the fuck that myth came from, <laughs> but like it's not sustainable. And if you go back in time, if like if you go back in time, like artists used to be really, really well paid and well respected and part of the community. Um, and then we got to the stage where in the 1980s, if you, wanted to, if you wanted to take the piss out of a character and make them look like a loser in an 80s movie, they would be portrayed as an artist. And we've all of a sudden reached this thing of like, oh yeah, I'm an artist man or whatever. And it's like, no, you, you, like, you can do what you love and you can get paid for it. The thing is what most creatives are really, really good at is the craft. And because you've been practicing that all your, all your life and, it, and you love it and that's why you keep doing it. However, what you haven't learned yet is business and sales and marketing. And without both, you can't keep the lights on from that thing. And that's the difference between doing art as a hobby and doing art for your career is that the art for your career, you have to make it pay. So in order to do that, you're gonna to have to work out like, how do I build an audience? How do I, and like, and your best friend is Google, honestly. Like there's a lot of like courses that you can go on of all this, like we give, we give you like, to like two episodes a week of just like what you need to do for 100% free and we will never charge you for it. Like there's a, there's a lot of stuff out there who want to take your money from vulnerable people who feel like if they buy a course or they buy an ebook or that it's gonna solve their problems and that they're all of a sudden gonna make money from business. Everything is free on Google. If you need to learn how to do something, you can learn how to do it. I, like I am an artist, I, I like, did not study business. I did not study anything like that. I learned it from the internet. Yeah, I remember something my dad said to me. So when we first started the company, I think I was back home and we, well, we weren't earning anything for the first few years. And like, luckily my girlfriend paid our rent and that was a real struggle. Um, <laughs> but I mean, there, there was literally, there was a point where Adam came to me one day and he said, um, 
dude, I've, I'm out. He was like, I can't do it anymore because Lucy's going to kick me out. And literally, like, she's been paying rent for the last six months. And I, and I said to you, didn't I? I was like, literally, just give me a couple more months. Like, yeah, we're yeah. going to make this work. And that was, like, one of the times where Adam had a wobble and me and Yona kind of brought him back up. But, um, but yeah, you, she doesn't pay your rent anymore. Yeah. Uh, no, she definitely doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> I wish she did. Um, but so I remember like being home and being a bit kind of like down talking to my dad and um, he was like what you're doing is amazing you just need to make people find out about it and then that was like a real like fuck yeah and then that's when I was like how to rank number one on Google and then started reading loads of stuff about SEO and just getting really into that and then social media came about and it's like how to be good on social media and then just keep looking into that and it's like yeah you can be the best at what you do in the whole world but unless anyone else knows about that you're never going to make a living from it you're never mm. going to make any money so learning how to sell yourself and learning how to market yourself are the, the most important things like it needs to be a real balance between those and your art form yeah I can't really add anything else on top of that to be honest so yeah I think uh, that's Fantastic. <laughs> um, so just to wrap up then, um, what is one thing that you guys have learned this year that you're going to take forward into 2020? I mean, this episode might go out in 2020, but let's just roll with that. I'd say keep learning, learn every single day and don't give a shit about what other people think about you. Oh, how can I follow that? Yes. Um, don't give a shit about what other people think. But I also, just said that. Be, but also, <laughs> also be kind. Yeah. Be kind. Yeah. Um, it's really fucking valuable and it will help you a lot. Yeah. And I would add onto that a big part of my journey this year has been about um, non-attachment, losing attachments to things, to ideas, to beliefs about myself, to ways of thinking, to people, to just to be more present and more free with everything. So example I keep giving recently is I moved out of my flat and back in with my parents for a few months which at 32 you think like fucking hell what a loser but I'm doing it for a reason because I'm saving money to then go and do the things I want to do next year but if I took on you know from Izzy's point earlier if I took on the thing of like oh yeah but that's like why everyone would be like why are you doing that I wouldn't have done it but I had no attachment to the idea of like I'm going to be with my parents or I'm moving out of my flat or even selling all my old clothes because I had way too many. Like I was just like, they're just clothes, it's just items, it's just a place to live, it's a bed I'm not to getting sleep rid in. of this t-shirt. No, maybe, maybe. No, um, so it's just like, yeah, that, that's just it. Like for me, don't, be, don't, don't attach yourself to too many things because ultimately, the more things you attach yourself to, the more you anchor yourself into one place. And for me, I want to be dynamic and free all of the time, pretty much every, every minute, every moment of the day. So that's been a big thing for me. Um, so yeah on that note thank you guys for being here I think um, are you guys going to stick around for a little bit I know uh, yeah. David's got to be in bed in 45 minutes so <laughs> <laughs> sorry um, hour 15 I mean we have a thing where we um, we stay until every question's answered yeah. so same um, so yeah if if, uh, if I'm here to 11 then I'm yeah. here to 11 yeah, yeah. yeah come and hound us um, I might be packing up but I'm still happy to, to talk questions and talk and to so you guys and so where can people guys. find you online Alex oh it's a very good question thank you you've done this before haven't you yeah. um, so obviously listen to the podcast if you haven't already Dreamers Disease Podcast you can find it Spotify iTunes anywhere else you listen to podcasts if you want to hit me up online I am on Instagram mainly at I am Alex Manzi the same handle for Twitter Facebook I've just started TikTok if anyone's really that bothered it's mainly me shit skateboarding videos um, but yeah how about you guys you can find us on all good podcasting platforms and audio platforms at Creative Rebels and then on Instagram it's at Rebels Create thanks <laughs> <See ya. laughs> thank you guys <laughs>
so there we have it guys that was the conversation with the creative rebels from my live show back in november so first of all big up everyone who was in the audience like it was so amazing honestly the atmosphere was so good we even hung around for like maybe an hour hour and a half after literally until we got kicked out answering people's questions saying hello to people like the vibes were just so good on the day and it was like the next day I was, I was chatting to Adam and David and we were all buzzing from how good the event was so big up if you were there or if not big up if you just listened because you've just soaked in some of that and hopefully you found a lot of it very helpful very inspirational motivational lots of tips in there you know and and hopefully you're fired up to make 2020 as best as it can be for you and if you do feel like that you really have taken something from this episode and there's someone you know who you think would really benefit from hearing it then be sure to send them the link to the episode send them a screenshot whatever it is it's important that we continue to spread these positive vibes and messages of the podcast because i started this podcast to help inspire positive change and you can also be a part of that by sharing the love with someone you know so as ever guys you can connect with me on instagram at i am alex manzi be sure to dm me hit me up say hello ask me questions share the love whatever it is you want to do you can find me there but for now thank you for listening and i will see you for the next episode This podcast is produced by Unedited.